Welcome back in to the Elite Two Podcast. I am Jake Morocco of Crossing State Lines, joined as always by my co-host with the co-most, the one true host, the Animal Crossing, smashing, MLB The Show yamming, Steve Scott. Steve, what's good? What the hell's going on, man? We're back again for another episode. That's right, we are. We are. We're closing out Generation 4 today. We had a guest last week, Ken Border, joined us for Diamond Pearl Platinum, and we have another guest this week going back to back. We have one next week as well, but we'll keep that one in the wraps for now. Uh, this week we are joined by the creator, founder, ruler of 45sand40s.com, a fantastic music website that I have occasionally written for, not as well as he has written, but it is my mentor from freshman year of college. It's Hensley Carrasco. Hensley, what's good? What's going on? Ooh. How's everyone doing? Oh, we're hanging in there. Awesome. Nothing else to do now but play video games, so I've been re- reacquainting myself with a lot of Pokemon stuff. That's play video sure. games, listen to music, right? That's all. That's all we can do. That's pretty much it. Thank you. Really, yeah. That's really yeah, exactly. It's really all I did before the quarantine stuff. But yes, that is also what I'm expert in now. Now it's justified. That's right. Yes. Now it's now I'm saving the world by doing it. We're heroes. I mean, I don't want to go that far, but <laughs> maybe we're heroes if you want to put it that way. But we are joined for uh. Joined by Hensley this week for an episode about Heart Gold and Soul Silver, the Generation 2 remakes that were made for Generation 4. They were released almost exactly 10 years ago today. Maybe not almost, but March 2010, so about a month off. Uh, March 14th, 2010. And the way we start every episode is we kind of dive into our memories of the game. And I was 15 when this game came out. I don't know if I owned it when it came out, but it really got a lot of hype. I remember people loving it, saying it was maybe one of the best games they've ever made. I know people felt that way about Gen 2. Maybe it's just a Gen 2 thing. But I think I owned Soul Silver first, then I bought Heart Gold down the road. But replaying it brought back a lot of the memories of it's I don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's the better design, maybe it's the quicker gameplay. I don't know what it is, but it is there's just something inherently cool about playing older games that are updated for a newer platform. Absolutely. I, I love this game. I was so pumped when this came out. Um, yeah, I just, it was cool with the, the, the new like mechanics for the game and the uh, being able to sprint, being, being able to have a Pokemon follow you around. A lot of little stuff that, were, that was cool in the remake. I liked it. I was into it. It was just, I think, the, the graphic update, and it was crazy to see probably my second favorite Maybe arguably favorite is like top two, not two, but that along with uh, Fire Red are up there. Uh, Pokemon games is recreated, and it's just like gold has been my thing. And I don't, I don't think I've ever played silver, so I'm probably the opposite of of Jake. Um, never played silver, but gold for sure is just like I don't know. It was just something that was completely not expected, and then you know it was just like a rush of nostalgia when you started playing it. Mm-hmm. No, it's true, and it's right off the bat, like Steve said, your Pokemon follows you around, which is something that I think was kind of taken from Pokemon Yellow, because that's what Pikachu yep. did. So it's uh, it's definitely a cool update. It's fun having that little sprite follow you around, and they're also, like, they are relative their size, too. So, like, I well, I was playing in one of my battles. I lost for Alligator. It fainted, and Lugia took over and was at the front of my party, and when I went back to kind of the, the real world, Lugia was enormous. So that was pretty cool that they kind of adjust that for size and it's not just the size of the sprite. But it's, it is a cool little addition. It kind of makes you feel more like you're Ash or you're the person you're playing with, but it's cool. So uh, the other way we start, obviously, Hensley, is we start with the starters. They're uh, same ones as Generation 2. They don't really change. Uh, it's Totodile, Cyndaquil, and Chikorita. I personally am a Totodile guy. Uh, for Alligators, maybe one of my favorite starting Pokemon ever. I in this game obviously there are more moves than there are in the first edition in Generation Two. Although I ended up using still pretty much the same amount of of moves that he had, or same types of moves he had in in the original game that I played. I call it the claws and jaws approach. I had slash, ice fang, and crunch. Those are my three big moves. 
also at Surf, and Surf is like leagues, leagues and leagues ahead of every other hidden machine in the game and far, as far as the best and most damage-dealing one. So I've always been a Feraligator fan. I love Feraligator. I love how like that apparently the character limit on his name prevented them from putting the full word Gator, so it's just Gator at the end. Uh, I don't know, it's always been endearing, and the weird evolutionary pattern it has going from uh, level 18 is when it evolves into Croconaw, and then level 30 or 32, I can't remember off the top, I think it's 30, is when it evolves into Feraligator. So it's pretty cool, but I've always been a, a Totodile guy. Steve, are you are you Cyndaquil from what I remember? No, no, I'm Totodile all okay, day I still. Okay. I was a Totodile in uh, Crystal when I played it, and then in this re- remake here, Totodile once again. Had to go with the Old Faithful. But always been a big fan. I love the way Feraligator looks. Oh, Feraligator is a beast. I mean, I will I will admit, Typhlosion looks pretty awesome, too. I wish you could take more than one starter, but uh, Hensley, is it a clean sweep, or are you more of a Cyndaquil or Chikorita fan? I'm, I'm kind of... It would normally be a clean sweep, but from the times I've played, I'm usually a water Pokemon guy, so I'm always, like, across the board, usually just taking that. Um, this time around, I went Cyndaquil. Mm. Nice. Which is different for me. Because usually, like I said, I'm always a, a water type, but using Cyndaquil, and it's just like, I don't know, I wanted to switch it up. No, um, I get it. I get it. That's what I did for Generation 3, too, because I would always go with water, and then I wanted to do um, Trico when I started Generation 3, just to mix it up a little bit. But I've always gone with water, and it's because there's always a dragon type along the way, like whether it's the champion in this game or a, a gym leader, or actually it's both in this game. Or a member of the elite force, you know, it's it's ice is very effective, and water types can learn ice moves. So that's really why I usually go with Totodile or Squirtle or whoever. But I mean, Cyndaquil, Typhlosion's badass, so I cannot fault oh, that yeah. at all. I didn't have that foresight when I played it. I kind of just went in. I was like, all right, let me choose Cyndaquil. I always choose a water type. Shout out Squirtle, right. um, and <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Let me just go with Cyndaquil. Never use a grass Pokemon because I I don't know. I think they're just trash. Yeah, we, we we I didn't want to tra- I didn't want to uh, crap on it before you went into your starter, but we are pretty firmly, except for Skeptile, anti grass starter Pokemon so far in this game. Yeah, really the first. Yeah, never had a grass one in my life. I mean, like I do like Torterra, but Torterra suffers from the same pitfalls as a Venusaur, where it's just too slow and its move set is way too limited. I think it's a ground type too, so that's a little better. But Skeptile I've always liked most because it's very fast and it has more of a diverse moveset. But as far as Meganium and Venusaur go, I mean, it's just, it's, unless you're looking for, like, I mean, it's, there are no, like, you can't go into the options and turn up your level to expert like it's Guitar Hero. But the closest thing you can get to that is starting with Chikorita in this game. Literally. Because the first gym leader is a flying type. The second is a bug type. So that's right off the bat. You're, 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 you're in the weeds at that point. So it's it's Fun intended. Uh, I guess I guess not. <laughs> but uh, it's actually a decent segue into the gym leaders, which is the next uh, next segment we go into. The gyms are designed differently uh, as they've updated the the Gen Four look. You're riding, so you can ride spiders at Bugsy's gym. That's probably the one that stuck out to me the most. You kind of go up and down this 3D looking staircase at Whitney's gym. So it's pretty cool. But I did notice something that caught my attention this time. Four of the first five gym leaders in this game don't have any any Generation 2 Pokemon in their lineup. I didn't notice that. The mm. only one that has one is Whitney, and it's her Miltank, which is an absolute fucking beast, as it is in every installment of this game. Roll out. Very hard to beat, yes. Um, but Faulkner has, like, a Pidgey and a Pidgeotto. Uh, Bugsy has, like, a cut, like, like a Venonat. It's, it's not Gen 2. And then 4 and 5, I can't remember, uh, who is it? It's uh, Morty and then Chuck. They don't have any... Uh, ghost or fighting type Pokemon from this generation, but Whitney has her Miltank. The last three do, so they don't qualify. But it's just weird to me that they didn't choose to incorporate any of those to start off. It's just it's a little quirky, in my opinion. But hmm. yeah. sign flaw. That's right. Hey, you know what? We we look deep on this podcast. We don't just we don't just let people do you, get off the hook. Do you Creep. think that they did it on purpose? Because if you think about the way you go through, I mean, I might be getting ahead of myself, but the way you go through the Elite Four and then they change when, the second time you go around, do you think they were going to try to implement that? Maybe. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, maybe. I think they, obviously, Ghost Type is tougher because they don't. They didn't really introduce many new Ghost Types in this game, but I think Mistrevis is one of the only ones or maybe the only one. So maybe then Fighting Type, like you could have had Hitmontop in there maybe. Um, like, Faulkner could have had, like, a Hoot Hoot or a Noctowl or something like that. Like, that would have been different. But mm-hmm. I, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess if you replay them, they they might have different ones. I can't remember. 
if you can replay the Johto gym leaders in this game. I didn't get that far in my replay. I just got, when I was replaying it, the last thing I did was I got my 16th gym badge in Kanto. So I was on my way to go face Red up on Mount Silver, but I stopped Damn. playing. Um, yeah, Red's a real real toughie, but we'll, we'll get to him at the end when we get to the Elite Four section. Um, so Hensley, when you used to play through this game, who do you recall being the toughest gym leader? I'll run through him now just in case we need a refresher. So Faulkner is the flying type. He's the first one. Yeah. Bugsy is the bug type, obviously. He's the second one. Whitney is normal type. She's the third. Morty is a ghost type in the Ecratique city. I don't know. If I've, I've played this game for 20 years now. I don't know if this is the <laughs> right way to pronounce it. Uh, Chuck is the gym leader in Sinewood. He's a fighting type leader. Jasmine is the steel type gym leader in Olivine. Price is the ice type gym leader in Mahogany. And then Claire is the dragon type gym leader in Blackthorn. So who do you remember being the toughest of that crew? Uh, I'll probably say top two would be um, Morty and... Um what was the name of the dragon type? Uh, Claire. Claire. Lance's, Morty and Claire. Lance's were, daughter, I believe. They're probably like the, the two worst, only because when I would start the games, I would always end up with too many normal types. So then I would get to, to Morty, and then once you get into like standing, I mean, fighting against ghost Pokemon, it's like normal type moves don't work. So right. I was always at a disadvantage whenever I would go, go there. And that, for some reason, I would always go know that I don't have the right Pokemon and still try to battle. Right. I don't know. I watched a video on YouTube where this guy fought the Elite Four with a level one Pokemon and beat him. <laughs> so wild. I don't know. I had some. I'm going to have to go watch that after this. That sounds, in the conference. that sounds crazy, dude. I'm, gonna go, I'm definitely going to watch that. Yeah, I see that. This. Uh, but Steve and I, when we did Generation 2, we both settled on Whitney because Whitney's mill tank at that point in the game is very tough to defeat. Yeah. Uh, that thing, like you said, with rollout also has the milk drink move where it regains hit points. It has um, attract. I don't think it used attract in this game on me, but it can obviously render you defenseless on some of your turns. But uh, yeah, Steve and I uh, very, very much struggle with Whitney in this game. Yeah, it's funny how uh, the first thing Hensley said, too, when we, we mentioned uh, Whitney with her mill tank is rollout. It's funny how we all have the same P- PTSD from the rollout days of. <laughs> of mill tank yep that thing was a freak yep it was it's just a beast dude she's she's tough and i also noticed um i think i have it on this list somewhere but interestingly enough you have two gym leaders that you beat in this game and they refuse to give you your badge right after beating them whitney is one of them whitney she refuses to give it to you and then before you leave the gym they stop you and she's like well she's just a bit emotional go back and get the, the badge and then claire refuses to give you the badge until you go to like the dragon's den or something so interesting to me that there are two gym leaders who refuse to fess up their badges because they're wow. essentially salty. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the first I was like, all right, Whitney's okay, fine. And then when Claire did, I'm like, all right, this is this is weird now. Like, I need to make a note of this because that's just strange that a quarter of the gym leaders just like are are essentially like, you're not good enough. <laughs> Get out of my face. Yeah. Damn, withholding it. I didn't even put any thought to that. It kind of just happened, and I was like, well, all right, just. Give me Weirdo. a badge. Let me yeah. Um, so speaking of gym leaders, uh, I guess we can touch upon this now. When you get to go back to Kanto, which is by far, I think, the best part of the original Gen 2 games and these games, uh, other than the improved design for these games, but those Kanto gym leaders uh, are not messing around. That's for sure. They have I, – when I put this in my notes, just kind of like a joke, but it must be real tough for those new trainers in Kanto now because those guys are all leveled up. They're like level 40s, 50s, like – so I, the first one you battle is, I mean, if you go with the order I did, is Lieutenant Surge, which is always helpful for a water Pokemon. And uh, it was tough because he's got, like, five Pokemon, and they're all, like, level 50. And it's it's cool because it's I'm glad they're all, like, leveled up, too, as if they've been training for the past two years and, you know, you're finally playing these much stronger gym leaders. It's a, it's a cool little challenge, and it was a challenge because even though I OP my Feraligator every time I play... It fainted several times against Erica, against Surge. It, it was, it was tough. Yeah, Surge is serious. Sur- Surge is in the first uh, round, and in this one, Surge is not messing around. I, I he's a, he's a freaky dude mm. with, the, with the electric type. That's all I gotta say about that. Yeah, I mean, with Surge, I have PTSD from even watching the anime. Oh, that's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. And I was out here talking about. It goes, it goes that far back. I mean, going back and facing those gym leaders, it was almost to the point where I was, I was 
content with where I got to the game. And I'm like, do I really need to continue? Do I have to finish this part? Yeah, no, I get that. And I, I just wanted to, the only reason I kept playing through was because I wanted to, I wanted to remember some of the, because I haven't played that far through in maybe five, four or five years. So I wanted to kind of recount some of that stuff and what's different between the Canto then and Canto now. Like it's, it's kind of messed up, but like Blaine's gym burned down. The volcano, like Cinnabar Island erupted. And now he's in, oh. the, he's in the Seafoam Islands now. That's where his gym is. But bringing back the Seafoam was super dope. Yeah, that's true. That was cool. Seafoam was, was a surprise. That was cool. Yeah. It's cool that they they made it just more than just, you know, like go find Articuno there. Like you can actually go do something there now, like fight Blaine in his gym. And it's, it is a cool addition. I'm glad he found a home. He said he's going to rebuild that gym. So good for him. We don't really ever find out because uh, one of the notes I made I was going to get to later, but... If you guys, uh, this is something that just kind of crossed my mind. You get to go to Kanto in each of the first four generations of Pokemon games. Because obviously the first generation is Kanto. The second generation's gold, heart, uh, heart gold, gold, silver, crystal, where you go back to Kanto. Yep. Generation three is fire, red, and leaf green. And then generation four is heart, gold, and soul, silver, where you get to go back to Kanto. So you get to go to Kanto in each of the first four generations. Damn. Kanto, the most influential... Hey, the, o- the OG baby, it's unbelievable. They should have just kept them there. Maybe so. I mean, should, I, think I, what they were, I think what they were trying to do is just pull, kind of like what I said earlier about the anime. Is like yeah. they wanted to keep people playing because after I think it was Pokemon like Red, Blue, Yellow, and then they released like Gold and Silver, and yeah. it was kind of a stretch before they they started dropping consistently. Yeah, it was. And they're waiting. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Gold and Silver came out uh, like 99, 2000. I think it was 99. Yeah, and then uh, the next generation didn't drop for like four years after that. Uh, The Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald games weren't until like 03. So it's like. Because you think about Evolution, that came out Game Boy Advance. That's right. Exactly. And then Generation 4 wasn't until like, I think the last, uh, the Diamond Diamond Pearl Platinum wasn't until like 09 or 08. Or maybe 07. I could be wrong. So it's somewhere in that area. But yeah, they they took their they took their time and you know they had their varying degrees of uh, of success. But the elite four and the champion. Uh, so the elite four, just to run down those those guys again. You had Will, who's a psychic type. Koga, congratulations, he graduated from gym leader to uh, elite four member. Bruno is a fighting type. He's still there. And Karen is the dark type trainer. They're new. Then one. It was the new type in generation two, but now it's just kind of a part of the game. And then the champion is now Lance, who's a dragon-type trainer. So uh, for me, uh, when I replayed this game, Will was actually tougher than I remembered. And usually, as we talked about, Steve, on the show, the first member of the Elite Four is kind of a pushover. Uh, Will wasn't this time. For some reason, Mm -hmm. I actually kind of struggled with him. Um, I didn't have any trouble with Koga, Bruno, or Karen after that. Lance was kind of hard just because of his goddamn Gyarados. Like, those are one of the hardest Pokemon to beat. Um... But yeah, so for me it was Will and Lance, but I'm uh, anxious to hear, uh, Hensley, when you would play this game, uh, what stuck out to you about the Elite Four and our, our champion Lance. Congratulations to Lance from Elite Four member to champion. Yeah, you got to rise up in the ranks somehow. Mm. Uh, for me, I would say that Bruno's pretty bad mm. um, just because of those rock moves that his Machamp has. That's true. Um, and then I would say... I mean, Karen was Karen was okay. I didn't really prep for her as well as I, I should have going into that, which goes back to facing um, Morty, right. thinking of like dark ghost related Pokemon. But then Lance is the worst because you shouldn't be allowed to multiply your Pokemon. So I don't know what kind of breeding he's doing. Yeah, for real. Or or what kind of like he's leaving it at the at the Poke breeder. Yeah, uh-huh. getting more, but you should not be allowed to multiply your Pokemon. And be able to use them in the battle. Because imagine if he multiplied his Gyarados. Yeah. He'd be pretty upset. It's ridiculous. And it, it's, he does have, he must be just living in the Dragon's Den because he's got three Dragonites on that team. And it, even with my ice moves, it was still pretty tough because I think, like, I usually like to do Ice Beam, but I know for Alligator's attack stats are higher. So I wanted to stay with Ice Fang, even though it's a weaker move. But I was like, all right, I, I can probably still take it down fine, whatever. So. Even then, it was still hard taking down those Dragonites. And he's got, like, half his team is Dragonites, and I get that. That's, like, the, at this point, premier Dragon Pokemon. So, whatever. 
but well, I guess not counting Rayquaza, but it's you know it's whatever. And then he's got like you said, like I said, the Gyarados. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head what else he has, but it's a pretty fearsome lineup, and it's it's understandable. He is the champion, but obviously, I mean, the, the hardest person to fight in this game is uh, Red, who you end yeah. up fighting at the top of Mount Silver once you've beaten the other half of gym leaders in Kanto. And you get to go up to Mount Silver, where also Moltres is now, but more importantly, you get to fight Red. And I've always thought fighting Red was, like, really creepy, because you go up in the top of Mount Silver, and there's no music, it's just, like, wind. And then you go up to Red, and, like, in the first game, it's your character, so it doesn't talk. So you just click on it, and it's, like, dot, 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 and then you fight. I don't know, it's always been creepy to me. It's freaky stuff. Because you know it's implied there. You know, it's like a meeting of the minds. Mm. (laughs) The two two goats meet eye to eye. (laughs) It's true. And then he has basically every Pokemon you can remember growing up with in the 90s. And he's like, oh, by the way, remember these? Yeah, his his Pikachu is like a level 83. And he has all three starters. He has, I think he has a Pidgeot. And I think there's a Snorlax. That's six he has. Those are his six. That was off the dome right there. Um, That was good. But that's like you said, Ansley. It's a good. It's a callback to the anime because he has all those Pokemon in the anime. That's, and he just goes back, yeah. And this is like, well, this is what I got. If yeah. you can beat me, then maybe you are the Pokemon champion. Maybe so. I mean, it's and then oh, well. after after beating Red, it's when you get to go capture all the Gen Four legendary or Gen Three legendary Pokemon. I think some Gen Four legends are also available, but those are like event Pokemon. But anyway, it's it's cool to be able to catch like a Kyogre in Hoenn. Not Hoenn. I'm getting my regions mixed up. Johto. Yeah, the other thing I wanted to say about Red is why has he not aged? That's a good point. True. Like, no time has passed for him. It's even creepier now. Why does he look the same? Everybody else can get a little older, but he's over here like... I guess Blue also hasn't aged that much either. Although he's a gym leader now, so I guess good for him. Hey, Big Take, Ash Ketchum never aged either, did he? No, he did not. Ash Ketchum was frozen in time. We talked about on on the last episode, I think it was the last episode, Steve, where we addressed the relationship between Ash's mom and Mr. Mime. Was that last episode? It was. Yeah. Wait, yeah, what? Yeah, how do you feel about that, Hensley? <laughs> wait, wait, I need a recap. I do not remember this. Oh, Mr. Mime was, like, the, the house, like, I guess housemaid would be the best way to put it. Like, the housekeeper at Ash's house. Like, he was, like, that, this is going to come across the wrong way. He was taking care of Ash's mom while he was gone. You know what I mean? And, like, sweeping the floors oh, and stuff. And yeah, they would come yeah, back yeah. and be like, hey, Mr. Mime. Like, first of all, Mr. Mime, we said in the last episode, creeps the living shit out of us. Like, he's just a weird-looking Pokemon. Did you watch Detective Pikachu? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that right there, weird. Yeah. That's right. right there solidified why. Yeah. I, no, I get that. I get that. I mean, it's uh, yeah, so we are a, a, a firmly anti Mr. Mime podcast. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, but, oh, but the real question is, is Mr. Mime Ash's dead? That was also a question we asked. I'm not sure if I'm that far <laughs> on board with it. But am I, look, I'm not going to say yes or no. Um, they have the same eyes. They do kind of have the same eyes. <laughs> That's true. You got a point there. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, there are enough Pokemon conspiracy theories on Reddit to, to dive into uh, all, all day, all night. Hensley, have you heard the Clefable Gengar theory? No. That Gengar is the shadow of Clefable? Really? Go look no, it up. I've Go look it up. You'll, you'll see they have pretty much the same shape. I'm it's in pretty the middle of reading why somebody thinks Mr. Mime is Ash's father. I mean, that's also no, something. You, you got a lot of reading now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Maybe I can read it at a different time. But you said... Clefable and Gengar. That one's a simpler one. That's like an image by image, side by side. You should be able to pull that one up and, and digest that rather quickly. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, it's pretty creepy. That makes sense. Like if Clefable, I don't know, is Clefable always female? I think so. That could be like a... Like I can't a remember now. I will say though, before I forget, it's on my list somewhere, but before I forget, in Kanto, they made the, uh, the, the ghost tower into a radio tower. That place is definitely haunted now. Like there's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no doubt. Not to mention, uh, conspiracy theory of my own, they don't let you upstairs. They only let, they, there's a cop guarding the elevator, so you can't go up from the bottom floor of the radio tower, so I'm convinced there's something shady going on in that, that part of the radio tower. There's no doubt about it. Um, I mean, no. Good memory. Hmm. Lavender Town has always been just like a creepy area. Yeah, yeah, it's not. But if you, but if you think about it, like back when when everything was just like, super 8-bit sound. Yeah. When you would go to Lavender Town, like in Pokemon, like Red and Blue, that music 
would creep me out so much I would just have to turn my volume off. Well, I, I don't want to. Yeah, we addressed that a little bit on the first episode when we did Generation One. But if there's a lot of reading to do about that because that music was even more sinister when they first released it, and there's a. Uh, some interesting stories to, to read about the Lavender Town music. It might just be like creepypastas that I read, but I think some mm-hmm. of it's legit. But anyway, um, some other stuff, just some some general gameplay walkthrough stuff. This is the first generation. I don't know if we addressed it on the last episode, but it's still generation four. This is the first generation with more than 50 technical machines. So this is up to 92 of them now, which is pretty cool. You get to learn okay. more moves. There's a lot of great ones too. There's Focus Blast, Dragon Pulse, Drain Punch, Shadow Claw, Stone Edge, Poison Jab, a lot of great moves that uh, that were introduced in this generation that you could teach your Pokemon at will. That's I uh, it. I love it. That's like too much. I don't think. I it's wish. Hard. I wish you can. I wish you can just like pocket TMs, like give a Pokemon a backpack and be like, hold these TMs, That's use true. it when I want you to. That's a good. I wish. Yeah, I wish you could learn more than four moves, but you know what? I wish you could also hold more than six Pokemon. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, what are you like? Like what are you a lightweight? You can't carry more than six. Like it's, it would be cool to have like a like a bench TM. Yeah, you're right. Like, cool. like the backpack, but like like yeah, like so like you're coming into a battle where you know where a certain guy's gonna have a certain move. So like you go to like the their their backpack, right? And switch the moves out for that one battle and then like later on switch them back out. So you have like, you know, four on the bench of a certain moveset. That'd be that'd be sick. I mean, I would love it. I mean it'd be a, it'd be a cool little ace in the hole. Yeah. Imagine fun. going to a battle and and somebody has that. <laughs> I would be I'd be like, no, 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 we're not no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hyper beam ready to go. I'm like a level ten freaking B drill. Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty interesting. It's not a bad idea. I mean Hensley, they're still making games. Maybe if you uh contact Nintendo they can they can get it and get it going for you. The DLC. <laughs> the DLC, that's right. They could be part of the DLC. Maybe I can get them to do it in Pokemon Heart Heart Gold Gold, which would be the re-remaster. <laughs> the heart, of heart Gold. Is heart Heart go, Double Heart Gold and Double Soul Silver. The generation coming out this year. Generation <laughs> fifteen remake coming out in twenty twenty eight. I'll support it. Hey, I'm not I'm cool with it. So, did you guys ever give your phone numbers to other trainers? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I never did, especially in the walkthrough, because I played, so I, I went on another podcast. Uh, my buddy Steve Greenwell did a podcast called Your Parents' Basement. I went on there about Heart and Heart, not, God, my God, I keep messing up, Gold and Silver, the original games, and I was replaying Gold on my DS, and I gave my number to Wade the Bug Catcher, and I shit you not, I went through about half the game, and he called me 20 times. So I no vowed. So I vowed when I replayed that game, I was not giving anybody my number. I gave Dude. it to like the only the people you had to give it to, like the Safari Zone guy and the professor and stuff like that. But like your mom, like like other than that, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not stopping ha- like every five like 15 steps to answer your phone calls. Well, maybe you should have picked up the call. I know. Just give him give him one little yeah. call. Dude, I did out. every time. He said that his Caterpie was leveled up and to come battle him again. I'm like, dude, my for alligators level 65. I'm not coming to battle your Caterpie again. Stop <laughs> Stop doing this. Like, he just I, wanted you to be proud. I, and then I guess I, I don't know how to say that to him. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to tell you. I'm proud, Wade. I'm glad you're, your, your Caterpie is doing great. I don't care. Like, stop calling me. I wish there was an option for stop calling me, but unfortunately there's not. There's Put no, it on the block list. <laughs> I do, again, I don't think. block list. There should have been a block list for... Generation four, that was a thing by then. I don't know about generation two, but by generation four, you think a block list would have been effective. Unsubscribe from his account <laughs> um, marketer. I gotta say, the Team Rocket revival in this game, pretty weak, just because none of the like they're all executives. There's no Giovanni. Obviously, he's like falling off the map. So it's just like a bunch of executives and they're all not very strong at all. They're just kind of there. Exactly. It's like and for, I mean nobody likes a reboot anyway, and that's what this pretty much was. It's just no good. Not, not a great revival. And they were all, and not to mention the whole storyline with them broadcasting the radio signal takes forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, dude, it takes forever. I replayed it and it was just like, you go for, it starts in Blackthorn, then you got to go back to Goldenrod, then you got to go up the tower, then you got to beat this person. It's just, it takes forever. And like generation one, all you did was you go to the, the Sylph foundation or Sylph scope and like you go get the scope and you go back to Lavender. It's so much easier. It's sure. I mean, I like Team Rocket as as an entity, yeah. but 
maybe they could have done some uh, restructuring in there. They should have done some restructuring. Give us more. Some restructuring. The press. I've had the press release for that one. <laughs> Team Rocket today has announced restructuring to their staff. <laughs> Jesse and James are split up. Yeah, we never really did. We Jesse and James were they ever? Were they in yellow? Were they never ever in any of the games? Good question. I, I can't remember uh, they were in yellow. I don't know. I can't remember now. I should know this, but now I don't remember the top of my head. But anyway, so Team Rocket, as an entity, like Hensley said, very good. But as a uh, a reboot in this game, not so much. Yeah, save it. Um, da, 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 da. So they add the, the Safari Zone is back with Balboa. I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but ba- Baoba. I don't know. But uh, it's cool because you can, like, switch terrains and items and objects, and you can catch Pokemon from all the other generations. I didn't get to really dive too much into that now, but back when I was ravaging these games to fill my Pokedex and other ones, it was something I would do quite a bit. Um, I always loved Safari Zone. Yeah, dude. I, I, they, I think they realized it was an oversight that they didn't put one in Generation 2. So I was reading that the Safari Zone, um, they they there was a coding in the original Gold and Silver mm-hmm. that didn't that it basically made it so you almost never won the bug catching contest. Really? And then mm-hmm. yeah, because they you had to catch a certain Pokemon, and oh, if you didn't, bad. most of the time everybody else would win. And then now they for Heart Gold they remade it so it's it works like it should. So yeah. it's like you'll be able to catch whoever you catch. And then I think if you catch like uh, a low percentage Pokemon, like a pincer or something, then yeah. you almost never lose. I got to say, uh, full disclosure, I completely skipped the bug catching contest this time. <laughs> I was like, I need to sacrifice certain things to finish this game in a replay. And I was like, the I remember the first playthrough in Gen 2, I was like, the bug catching contest didn't exactly uh, grab my attention all that much. So I'm, uh, I'm all set with it. But it, it was cool. I mean, I can see that the... I get that the original coding was tough because, like, it it was a it just like in the original Safari Zone in Gen 1, like, all the really good Pokemon are hard to catch, and all the easy Pokemon are easy to catch. Like, you want a <laughs> Pinsir or a Scyther, well, you're shit out of luck, kid. Too bad. They look cool, but you're not getting one. So, I mean, Never. if you think about, like, the original, what was it, red, blue, and yellow, the Safari Zone was based on steps, so it's like... yeah. <sighs> How can I calculate how many steps is going to take me to get to, yeah. I mean, and not to mention the original Safari Zone where you had to, like, painstakingly count your steps in order to get that fucking set of gold teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude, I can't stand Um And to give proper play to this Pokemon that we almost missed out on talking about in Generation 2, they pretty much give you a shiny Pokemon in this game with the red Gyarados. Oh yeah, that's on my that's on my list for one of my favorites. Oh, I love the red Gyarados. It's such a badass. Regular, first, yeah, it's a must. When I first saw him, I'm like, "Hello there, you're just sitting in this river or in this pond." Yeah. I remember being harder to get. First of all, the fact it's called the Lake of Rage is incredible because that is the that is the name of the place that should house a Gyarados. Like, right. that's pretty much what they are. They're just incredibly angry Pokemon. They look like it too. Um. But it's just cool that, like, they introduce shiny Pokemon, and they're like, you know what? We'll just pretty much give you one for free. It's not, like, hard to catch it, but it's not, like, it's not easy, rather, but it's not, like, hard either. You just kind of bring enough Ultra Balls and weaken it enough, and you'll be fine. It's a Gyarados. It's not going down easy, so you'll be able to weaken it. It's always important to walk right up to it and save the game and then do it. And yes. if you mess up, turn the turn it off and yes. retry. That's what I did this time, actually. I knocked it out by accident. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Actually, no, the game froze on me. That's what happened. I actually, no. since this cartridge is obviously very old that I'm playing, it's, uh, even if it's only a decade, it, like, froze, I think maybe crashed, like, seven times on me. Only once did I lose an actual chunk of gameplay, but I kept saving it and saving it, so uh, don't worry uh, about that. Um... Another uh, shiny yeah. Pokemon I got, oddly enough, I didn't know it was shiny, but when I played the original um, Gold and Silver, I caught a, a blue or whatever color it was, Swinub. Swin, Swin, oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and I was just like, why does this not look like anybody else? But I thought nothing of it because I didn't know anything about shinies. Or, right. No, it's right. cool. It's cool. I mean, that is like the, like once you, I think, I can't remember what generation it is. It might be generation six. Where if you complete the Pokedex, you get like the the something charm, and you can find poke like shiny Pokemon easier. It's one of the few incentives of completing the National Pokedex at any level of the game. But it is cool because shinies just I don't know what it is. Like it shouldn't be that cool because they're just the same Pokemon but a different color. But it's like hey, it's rare. I caught it. Look at how cool it is. 
prefer completionist. That's what you want. Exactly. I mean, if you want, I mean, that, talk about you'll be playing the game for five hundred hours if you want to catch all the shiny Pokemon. That's good that's luck. A hook right there. I mean, it's it's interesting. It's it's a good hook. I, I get that. Um, the only the last note I have here is uh, that Victory Road in this game is shockingly easy. There are no trainers on Victory Road, huh? Which is weird because it's usually loaded with trainers. Right. Yeah. Uh, I know Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, it was loaded with trainers. It was infuriating, actually, because I finished that game right as we recorded the podcast for it, and it was because it took forever to get through Victory Road. This game was just like move a few stones, break a few rocks, and beat your rival, and that's it. Hmm. So So, I'm like – I just looked it up because I didn't remember that, but it says that apparently it lacks trainers supposedly due to your rival defeating them all. Really? Which now, I don't recall that ever coming up in conversation. Me neither, because your rival catches up to you. It's not like you run into them at the end of Victory Road. Like, they, you're, like you're about to leave, and then they come dashing up to you at the end. Exactly. So that really wouldn't, that wouldn't square, but I appreciate that person trying to explain it. Um, yes. Steve, a bit of a surprise here. I got a little curveball for you. What's up? I added a little, little bit of a surprise segment for you guys uh, in between this and our Legends talk. What you got? I got a little poke, little poke fights. Ooh, okay. All right, because we uh, Hensley, Steve, and I often uh, diverge from our discussion topics and talk about which Pokemon could beat what Pokemon in a fight. Yeah. So I just put together a like list a of fist a, fight. What was it? Yeah, fist fight. Like a fist fight, like an actual <laughs> yeah. fight. Yeah, not oh, okay. like using moves. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you can still apply their type set, but not their move set. So um, the first one I've got here is Slowking versus Quagsire. Ooh. Slow King versus Quags. It would be the slowest fight you've ever seen. Yeah, very slow. But Haymaker's a plenty, you know? Oh, yeah. A lot, a lot of power behind those punches. It'd be like a, a fight in slow motion. I want to I wanna say Slow King would win. Only because of his, I don't know, hat or shell head or whatever. Because I feel like yeah. I feel like Slow King would be able to use that to as an advantage. That's fair. That's fair. I get that. I would probably Sorry, go with. I would, I, what was it, Steve? I was. I was thinking how Quagsire would absorb a punch. That's what I'm saying. That's why I might go with Quagsire because I think like Quagsire is like one of the most unflappable Pokemon there is. Like he right. just like wouldn't give a shit about anything. He would just get <laughs> beaten down, but just respond every time. You mean like SpongeBob when he was getting beat up? Pretty much. Yeah, by Lance or whatever. Pretty yeah, much. that's pretty much what I think of Quagsire. It's just like this amorphous blob that you. It's, it's oh, gonna, you're gonna get shit. worn out. Fair, fair. That's good though. I guess Slow King too, because it's also got uh, it's got that psych the psychic moves and that nice big shell on its head, so I get it. But then if but then if Quagsire is absorbing everything, then the shell wouldn't really matter. That Slow King would just get tired and just like true. knock out. Did you guys know that Slowbro is one of the few Pokemon in in the game, in the lore that can devolve? No. No. If it I loses the if it loses the shelter on its tail, it devolves into Slowpoke. Uh-huh. It can't do that in the game, obviously, but I think in the anime, that's that's canon, I'm pretty sure. So, why does Sheldon look so different when he... Yeah, I don't know. That's also a weird thing. I think he just yeah. looks more badass as whatever. Maybe he gets, like, crusted over time or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. That's for the higher-ups of Pokemon to answer. Here's I'm a more... To, I'm still trying to figure out why Pokemon doesn't have a sacrificing system where it's like you can't evolve into Slowbro unless you have a Shelter. Yeah, that's true. Right. There are There are a couple of those like that, though. There are a couple of evolutions like that. I think you have to have a certain Pokemon in your lineup in order to have. I'll have to look that up in my spare time, but I'm pretty sure. As the, I think at like Gen six, there might be one. But that's, your shoulder uh, sacrifices its life for your evolution. <laughs> that should be. That should be how it is, though. You should have to use have it all up. Um, what else do we have here? Um, all right. How about Skizor versus Heracross? You said Stazor. Skiz, uh, Scizor, Skizor, Scizor. It looks like it's the it's oh, Scyther's, Scyther's evolutionary form. I don't know. I've always been a fan of, of Scissor. Scissor's fine. We can go with that. I've also like Heracross. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think I think he's got it. So the only like the only I will play Devil's Advocate only because Heracross is a fighting type, and it's a steel Pokemon, and that is a, that's a disadvantage. But other than that, I could see why Skizor is uh, is definitely uh, or Scissor is a very uh, enticing option because it's a bad. But, but Heracross looks like if it falls on its back, it can't get up. That's true. You got a point there. Yeah, Heracross looks like, like it'd be kind of slow. It, it could take a punch, though, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It could take a punch. But uh, it is it is a fighting Pokemon, after all. Better be able to take a punch. But 
Uh, I didn't want to put it against a flying type because then it would never, it would have no chance. Here's a here's a here's a bit of another curveball for you. Three way dogfight between Suicune, Entai, and Reiku. <laughs> Who do you take? Um, dogfight though. Well, not not like a, not like a dogfight dogfight, but like a dogfight in the uh, the general. Like they're time. in airplanes. You're saying yes, like, yes. <laughs> like in World War One. Yes, like <laughs> like a more yes, like an airplane dogfight. Uh, I will personally say Suicune, even though one of those is an electric type. Uh, I've always liked Suicune. I think it's the fastest one of the three. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Suicune. Uh, I think I'm gonna say Entei, Entei, whatever. That's the I fire think, uh, type, right? Is he fire? Yeah, he's fire. Reiku is the electric type. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going with with Entei then. I think I he always seemed pretty tough to me. Yeah, he is I tough. He's more of the one of the more elusive ones. They're also both all three of them roam, but still. I'm on the I'm on the Entei train. Okay, that's cool. I'm actually surprised nobody took Reiku, but it's just because he he looks so burly and like yeah yeah giant. That. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. I mean, Reiku does have those like lightning bolts, but I do get why Entei is is an enticing option. Here's a here's just a, a battle of two Pokemon who were evo- added on evolutions from Gen One Pokemon that didn't have them: uh, Crobat and Politoed. Hold on. I have to look up, up Politoed real quick. Politoed's like the green frog with the curly Q. I do not remember oh, yeah. Politoed. Yeah, that's, that's that's right. Not a lot of people remember Politoed. I love Politoed. It was one of the, uh, like when I would battle with my friend online, I'd keep it in my lineup just because it's such a weird Pokemon. Wait, uh, Politoed is related to freaking... Politoed. Uh, <gasps> is when knew. you Politoed's when you evolve Poliwhirl with a King's Rock. Oh my god, I that's never you, knew. That's how you get a Politoed. But, but a Poliwrath looks so much stronger than a Politoed. It yeah, does. Yeah, Politoed looks like a like a, like devolved from like a Poly fucking. You know what? No one. You know you guys can roll with your Crobats if you want. I'm sticking with Politoed. Can learn ice moves. It'll take it down. Crobat's gonna come through with a stick. Crobat's yeah. tough. Crobat's Crobat's only tough the, because it's it's so fast. Politoed has to get up to Crobat though, so you have to remember. So oh, if we're if we're taking moves away, right? You gotta come get me. It's right. a toad. Like it's a toad. It can jump. It can jump. How high? We'll find out. Exactly. Bring it on the battlefield. We'll see. Crobat's <laughs> uh, just flying in and out like how about Muhammad Ali? Just how, how about a <laughs> how about a couple of Gen two Pokemon that don't have any evolutions? Giraffe rig or Miltank? Uh, oh, Miltank all the way. Yeah. But Giraffe rig has that psychic ability too. But is he gonna predict it losing? That's very, that's very funny. That's about as much as he's gonna get. Giraffe rig. Giraffe rig spelled the same way backwards as frontwards. Oh my god! It's the it's the um, okay trivia. It's the what's the oh my god? Why can't I remember that word now? The the word for Amanapia? No, it's uh, oh my god. The word for the same word spelled backwards as frontwards. Oh my god! Why am I missing uh, this? Time for a Google break. All right, while you're doing that. Here's a. How about Corsola versus Quillfish? Palindrome. Palindrome. Let me see Quillfish. I can't believe I forgot that. Uh, I'm going to go Quillfish too, even though Corsola has the rock type advantage. Uh, I'm going to go Quillfish because it was. Uh, it's got that poison type as well. Yeah, Quillfish is kind of freaky. Let yeah, it's a weird Corsola. looking Pokemon. Actually, I remember rocking a Corsola for a little while. I had a Corsola in my in my party for sure. Yeah. They're just fighting at the bottom of the ocean, but. Oh, I think yeah. I'm gonna go Quillfish. Just duking it out at cr- the Krusty Crab. Corsola, Corsola, <laughs> Corsola got an evolution in, uh, in the, the latest game. It's a ghost type now too. It's got a variant for uh, whatever the. What's it called? Uh, it's like Cor- it's like Corsolola. It's like a ver- not a very inventive name, but um, it's uh, in the in the new region in Sword and Shield. It's uh, it's got its own evolution. And the last one I've got here. And this is now think about this for a second, okay? You're gonna hear the first one I'm gonna say, and you're gonna say, definitely going with that. But consider its competition. Uh Red Gyarados mm-hmm. versus Lantern. Versus Lantern. Which is a water and electric type Pokemon. But he's pretty small though. Lantern's pretty small. True, but it's got that electric ability, which is the pretty much the only thing that will take down a Gyarados is an electric move. Rock so, like rock is effective, but electric is, is four times as effective. So so you're saying basically that anytime the Gyarados tries to touch the lantern, it's just gonna get shocked and not work? Well, 
if it, I mean, it is a big Pokemon, so if it smacks it with that tail enough, it could work without too much damage. But it's huh. it's a, it's also got some tough skin. That's a, that's a that's a tough fish. You can't cut through that fish. Yeah, too I'm just thinking like 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 two of these like they're both chilling in the ocean. I think Gyarados is gonna Gyarados yeah. isn't dying today. I, I think I'm mean? still gonna give the edge to Red Gyarados. Yeah. Red, yeah, I'm going Red Gyarados all the way. Hell, there's yeah. no way, there's no way you can stop this like what 15 foot Pokemon. Um, all right. Yeah, yeah. I got one for you. How about uh? How about Sudowoodo mm. oh. <laughs> <laughs> versus, uh, let's see here, versus <laughs> Ursa Ring, the big bear thing. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm rolling with Ursa Ring. Give me Ursa. Yeah, Ring he's every got time. Ursa, Ursa Ring got it. Ursa Ring's a giant. Like, you kidding me? That's a toothpick right there. Uh, all right, Hensley. <laughs> Hensley, we got the uh, who, who was your who was your? I'm assuming you're a Ho-Oh guy if you played Gold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm more of a Lugia guy, but that's just by virtue of us growing up with it. Or not us growing up, not me playing it as my first game. I, I don't know. I just felt so so serene with Ho-Oh. I was like, uh, Hey, I mean, that also could be tied to the anime, because remember, Ho-Oh is what you see in the first episode. Yeah. Another thing I read is that they tried to make Ho-Oh's uh, music, like their, their music, obviously they had limitations, but they tried to make the music kind of like serene, but like, I'll still whoop you. But then it didn't come out right, so they had to just like basically redo it a little bit to what it is now. Ah, so it's just like little little tidbits that they. Um. All right, so we do another thing. We talk about some overrated Pokemon, Hensley. Uh, what's some Pokemon you see as overrated? <sighs> overrated. Um. Man, I had this. I had this thought out yesterday, but I. Go back. Let me go back to my notes. How do you feel about Dillybird? Mm, that's true. Deal? It's not very strong. Never. Yeah. Was it? It's just like a d- delivery Pokemon. Uh, pretty much. It only has one move. It learns Present, which is a fine move. Uh, while Hensley's looking up, I'm gonna give you. Here's here's what I got for you. I got Mount Rushmore. One from each of the first four generations. Okay. Let's Are you go. overrated Mount yeah, Rushmore? Yeah, my, my overrated Mount Rushmore. My Gen 1 is Tentacruel. Can't stand it. Not very strong. Don't think it's very effective. It's just a nuisance. Get out of my face. Yeah. Uh, Gen 2, not going to surprise Steve. We've ranted about this one a lot. Uh, huh? Azumarill, hate it. Not, not Don't like it. Azumarill, get out of my face. Slow, ineffective, can't learn a lot of moves. Not Don't like it. Um, I got uh, Salamence from Generation 3. I think it's maybe the most overrated dragon Pokemon there is. And finally, I got Lucario, which is one that we discussed last week. And yeah, we're not, we're, we're a firmly anti-Lucario podcast because I just, I <laughs> yeah. can't, I can't, I think Lucario is just so overhyped, especially as, as Cam brought up last week, like it's a very big force in the anime and it's built up to be this really like infallible Pokemon and it's just, it's, it's fine, but it's not this great thing. So that's my four. I got Tentacruel, Azumarill, Salamence, and Lucario. Those are my four. For me, I'd probably, I'd probably go way, way left field here. But mm-hmm. I think, well, two of the most overrated Pokemon, I would say. I'll, oh, I'll go my first one, which is Lapras. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Let's hear it. Why? Everybody. Well, for me, it's just like growing up. Everybody always wanted a Lapras, and that's all they strive for, and they have to find one. This and that. And I'm just like sick of people talking about. So it's not necessarily anything in game, uh, but the other the other overrated I would say is Eevee, because it has so many evolutions, but there's too many options. Like if someone gets an Eevee, they get so excited, like oh yeah, I can do X Y Z, I can turn into an Umbreon or Espeon or Flareon, Jolteon, Vaporeon. But it's just like okay, it's like you you evolve it into that, but you can easily find a stronger like fire type or stronger electric water. That's true. Water. That's true. So that's, 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 I would say Eevee is I would say, I will, I will argue that only, I would say Gen 1, I get it. I actually think Umbreon and Espeon are pretty strong Pokemon. So I, I will, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll cape for them. But, uh, as far as like Leafeon, Glaceon, and the other three go, I get that because they're not really that strong. But like the special stats on Espeon and Umbreon are, are actually pretty good. But, uh, Eevee overall, I get because I, I played Let's Go Eevee and Eevee just kind of sucks on its own. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, hey, I'm normal, guys. You know it's what? It's a normal dog. 
Yeah. Yeah. It sends a bad message to kids. It's like, you know what? You're not good until you evolve into something else. And you choose. You know what the sad part is, too? It's like the unspoken thing about Evie is that he evolves, but only once. Like that's true. Yeah. And you have to, and you have this hard choice to make. That's right. For his for his life, it's like, oh damn, sorry, you could have been a. I mean, sorry, you're a Jolteon. It could have been a freaking, you know. Well, also, if you don't pay, if you don't pay attention, if you're like, oh man, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna work this fake Vulpix into a into a Jolteon, and then you keep training it at night. Yep. And then you don't pay attention. Guess what? Now you have an Umbreon. Yep. Right. Too bad. Too bad. You're right. I was saying to uh, we said uh, two weeks ago, Hensley, that in Fire Red and Leaf Green, you literally you cannot evolve your Eevee into an Umbreon or an Espeon because there's no clock, so you have to trade it in for another game. <laughs> wow. So at least That's you get right. at least you're spared in those games in terms of just I, looking away and forgetting. I will say that the first time the night day thing happened when I played Gold and Silver, yeah. that was incredible. That's pretty. It's a cool effect. Right. It is. It's it's cool to be able to not just like live in this one, just. I guess constant time. There really is no like you don't know what time of day it is. It doesn't matter when you're playing red, blue, and yellow. But you know, gold and silver, like in crystal, like you said, Hensley, like you get to experience night and day. And there's different Pokemon out night and day, which makes sense because that's how real life is. Yeah. So it's it's a cool little addition. But no, I agree with that. So it's uh it's definitely a uh, definitely interesting, and it was nice to see. It's also incorporated in this game, obviously, and it's a little bit better graphics wise but we end every episode with our discussion of our ideal lineup from pokemon of pretty much just this generation but yeah. if you want to get creative you can um so i'll start with mine uh i have for alligator in there like i did with generation two for alligator is my guy i roll them all the time yeah. uh houndoom i like houndoom it's a dark okay. fire type and it's one that i feel like you can't really find a hound hour really easily so I think it's a it's an elusive Pokemon, which I like. That's that's something I like. It's 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 all about the the chase, you know what I mean? It's all about the yeah. catch. Uh speaking of tough ones to find, Tyranitar. Um it's a I think it's a dark rock type, which is still a very rare combination that I don't even know if we've seen any of them since, but dark rock is pretty cool. Uh it's enormous, very strong, can learn a lot of moves, and it's you know, got that same Dragonite type level move up where it's you know you have to evolve it to pupitar and it's pupitar for like a long time then finally at the end of that chase you get a tyranitar so it's, it's pretty dope uh mill tank come on do i have to explain myself mm-hmm. yep. uh you know what you guys shit on polito polito is my lineup i'm rolling with polito got a great move set it's got a great move set man can learn a lot of surprising one hey it's okay it's okay everybody has a wild card he's my wild card and then i think maybe still one of the best electric type pokemon in the history of the game ampharos i love ampharos dude Ampharos is a way to take one of mine. No, you don't. Wow. It's not. It's not a draft, but it is still. It's uh, you could take it without want. my wild card. But I do love Ampharos. Ampharos is such. Not to mention, it's pretty much just like a walking lighthouse. But it's also such a strong Pokemon. It can learn a lot of great electric type moves, and it's a great ace in the hole. Especially when you have a, a water type starter, you need an electric type in there. So that's my six. I got Feraligatr, Houndoom, Tyranitar, Miltank, Politoed, and my boy Ampharos. Oh man! Wow, that was that was good squad. It's a damn good squad. That's, We're rolling up, rolling up to the crib. We're taking everybody down. Solid. All right, that what was, you got, Ansley? All right, so for me, we're gonna start with Cyndaquil, Typhlosion. You know the whole the whole set right there. So that's one because I need something with fire. Uh, Skarmory for my flying because mm-hmm. you know you get the you get the mix of of steel. You get the flying. Uh, Onyx, I don't have a real reason. I just think it's cool to have, <laughs> to have Onyx. <laughs> it's one of the OGs. Like, just because, so one of the one of the bigger reasons now that I, I realize is I've been playing uh, Sword and Shield, and mm-hmm. there's an Onyx in like one of the, the big areas where you, I forgot what. But the wild area? It is. Yeah. yeah. And every time I try to catch it, I can't, but then now I realize that I don't have enough badges. Mm-hmm. But. I'm like, this one's hard to get. Let me just grab it when I can because I usually don't run into it often. Right. Um, my beloved Red Gyarados mm. going to be in the party. Mm. I need I need me a water type. You got it. Uh, I'm going to go Dragonite nice. just because uh, Lance, tri- like Lance gave me so much PTSD. I needed it in That's my fair. lineup. And then sometimes, like, I love Mareep. So Ampharos obviously is one of them. Yeah. But I also like having... When I can get it, a Gengar. Mm, I do love Gengar. 
Yes. Just because just because there's there's so many trainers who you can face who have moves that just don't affect it. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just keep them. Let me just keep them in there. Not to mention, like, as somebody who's played it his whole life, hands like you know, and Steve and I know, like, trade Pokemon are like status symbols almost. Like, it's oh my god, he's got a Gengar. Like, not yeah. not so much <laughs> nowadays where like you can catch some of those in the wild area, but like back in Gen three or Gen two, like, oh my god, like he has a Gengar. He must have friends. Yeah. <laughs> like when when I was trying to get like I don't think I I don't think I've ever owned a Machamp. Like that no. was like a. I was like, I I want this, but I'm like, hey, you guys want to trade or have you have you um? Is this your first time playing Sword and Shield? Yeah. So you you can catch fully evolved trade Pokemon in the wild area once you get up to having all the badges. Oh, that's kind of boring. I mean, it is, but it's also like, okay, that takes that like I don't have to worry about trading with somebody. And there's there's some you can't get, but like like I was playing the game and I'm like, okay, that's like a Machamp just roaming around out there. And I was like, I'm definitely gonna go catch it because I love Machamp. And like you yeah. said, like when did you ever have one in your lineup growing up? Like I, I, so, I, I loved Golem, Golem, Golem. I loved Golem, and like I never had one because it's a trade. Yeah. One. Not to not to jump to Sword and Shield real quick, but I, so many people send me trash Pokemon in the mystery trade or like yeah. the Wonder yeah. trade that I just take that same Pokemon and send it back <laughs> until I get something good, and I'm like, ha For real though, it's the easiest thing to do. But um, Steve, do you have another lineup, or you just want to stick with the one you had in Gen Two? Uh, I'll throw some some names out there. So they're probably in the same. It's That's probably right. the same thing as last time. But uh, always a for alligator, of course. Uh, I always want a crowbat, mm. okay. and then uh, always been a big fan of this Pokemon, even in this generation and in uh, Sword and Shield. There, I I got one. Uh, the Zaytu, love mm. a Zaytu, man. Do love Zaytu. Got the steel wing, got the psychic type thing, got the flying going on. So cool. Like that is the coolest Pokemon. I'd love to have one of those in real life if they if Pokemon existed. Yeah. Um got the red Gyarados, of course. Um then I'm looking and then I had uh Hound Doom, of course. Mm. Hound Doom's always cool. Legend. And to round it out, I I was thinking about Lantern in there, but I didn't I don't really have a lantern though. But there that's a cool effective Pokemon. Mm. But um Don Finn. I just love that. Oh, freaking, yeah, Don Finn. I love I Don Finn. I love Don Finn, man, dude. Don freaking The nose, the nozzle on that one. Oh, oh my the God. The rock elephant? Yeah, it's like a mini elephant. Yeah. <laughs> well, those are, some like pretty good, those are some pretty good lineups right there, fellas. Not going to lie. I mean, I mean, if we had to take it to the city. Oh, yeah. Reason through. That's Don right. Finn's running through your city and rolling too. <laughs> yeah. Who wins in a rollout battle? That's the question. Miltank or Don Ooh. Finn? I still got it. Oh, I would probably go with Don Finn just because Miltank, normal types on rock types, doesn't really work too. Oh, actually, it's a, a rock move on a rock type doesn't work as well as a rock move on a normal type. Right. So I'm going to go I'd with say, a roll literally with Don Finn. I'd say Don Finn only because you have like that that armor looking thing <laughs> on your on your nose. And if he rolls into anything, yeah, forget, forget about it. He's like made of Gore-Tex. Like if he was like getting <laughs> shot at, I feel like he would like made of Gore-Tex. Just like the <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was that's that's a great discussion there on, on Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Hensley, thank you so much for joining us. Where can we find you? Yo, thank you for having me. Uh, you can find me online at various. Well, now you can only find me online because you're not going to see me in the streets. <laughs> right. uh, True. But okay. uh, you can you can see my my music website, Forty Fives and Forties. On Instagram, Twitter, mostly on Instagram though, because Twitter is a little um, hard to keep up with these days, especially uh, now that I've been doing more more content on Instagram. Right. But that's uh, at four five s a n d four five. Uh, whoa, sorry, let me do this again. Four five s a n d four zero s, and then also my photography is on my page shot by hen so that's s-h-o-t-b-y-h-e-n-s and then i'm launching my photo website next week so oh no that's awesome I by re- the time this comes out it'll be, it'll be launched up yeah so Hell yeah. you guys heard it here first oh well there you awesome. go that's breaking news right breaking news on the elite too right there uh, let's go a great discussion fantastic and uh steve where can we find you on social media oh you can find me at Stephen o scott on twitter and the small state takes twitter Perfect. And I'm at Jacob underscore Morocco. This podcast is at uh, the, oh my God, I already forgot what it's called. The, the Elite 2 Pod, Steve. Is that where we're at? Yes. The Elite 2 Pod. At the Elite 2 Pod on Twitter. Uh, my other podcast, uh, my main podcast, Crossing State Lines, is at CSL Podcast on Twitter. 
I can't remember if I said my name already, but at Jacob underscore Morocco. You can go find us on pretty much every podcast platform there is. And we'll be back next week doing Generation 5, the Forgotten Generation. That's black and white. And we're going to be joined by Chris Scheim of WEEI. Very excited for that. So, uh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Locked him up. Locked him up. Pretty cool. Pretty cool get. Drop. Very excited. Let's go. Very excited. So, uh, we'll be talking Gen 5, the Forgotten Generation. I'm I'm playing through white now. So, uh, that'll be a wild ride. But we'll see you guys next week.